Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. We say that we have ears to hear. Our, our, our hearts are open to receive the Word of God. And we thank you. Today will never be the same. We will never be the same. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys give God a praise. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. You guys can be seated. Good morning, family. Buenos dias a todos. Me pido que tenga paciencia conmigo mientras estoy aprendiendo español. Me han preguntado cuántos miembros tienes que no hablan inglés. Este es ninguna. Pero, pero yo sé lo que Dios me dio. I know what God has told me. I want to thank, quiero agradecer, hermano Carlos, hermana Margo, uh, Zebrina Negra, my brother Fred and Liz, uh, mi hermano Deacon Ruben, and uh, mi maestra Sarah Ruiz. Muchas gracias de mi corazón. La vision se hará realidad. The vision is a reality. And I know some of you guys are sitting here going, okay, what did he just say? Well, I was just saying, welcome. But I want you to have patience with me as I'm learning Spanish. And I'm saying this really for myself because sometimes it gets a little bit hard. I don't know about you, but God gives you promises sometimes. And when you don't see it coming to pass as fast as you want it to come, you start getting weary and well-doing. But God says, in due season. Somebody say due season. Due season. season. You shall reap if you faint not. Come on, y'all. And that's what I was saying. I'm just trying to, you know, I'm, I'm encouraging myself as I'm trying to encourage others because I know what the Lord said. If you guys don't know, you're like, well, why is pastor up here preaching in Spanish sometimes? Well, I'm doing that because God's given me a vision and he's given me a dream. And we're going to talk about this later on in a couple of weeks. But a dream was I was walking down and it was Main, it was Main Street, actually, Main Street too soon. And I saw uh, an abuela a grandma, and she was walking with a, a grocery cart. And I walked up to her, and I began to speak to her in Spanish. And I began to tell her about her traditions of what she's grown up in. Now, if, I don't know, if you guys don't understand, some people grow up in church all their lives, and they grow up with tradition of church all their lives, but they never know Jesus. Come on, y'all. 
But as I began to speak to her, I was speaking to her in her tongue because it's the gift of tongues isn't always super spiritual, y'all. You. Because in the book of Acts, when you see then the day of Pentecost, that everybody was speaking in a known language. Come on. It's not just da, 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 da. That's, that's a spiritual language. But in the, day, in, the, in the day of Acts, when they were speaking, they were speaking in known languages. And when I get in my dream, in my vision, I spoke to this lady about Jesus Christ, not about tradition, not about religion. And I began to share with her the wonderful gospel of Jesus Christ. And she got saved on the spot. But watch this, watch this. So it transcends because after I spoke to her, and maybe you guys don't know about the, 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 the Latino culture, the Hispanic culture, when abuelo says something, abuela, when she says something, that's it. She's going to say it. But she came home and told everybody about Jesus and how we, we need to get to have this relationship. And not only did she get saved, but her whole household got saved. This is the vision that God has given me. So I'm just trying to get ready for it. Because the vision is going to come to pass. Though it may tarry, it shall come to pass. I can't wait for that day. Amen. Amen. Well, you guys, here we grow. <laughs> here we grow. Aquí crecemos. Now, when I say here, cuando digo aquí, I mean, uh, when I'm saying here, I mean in, at, or in this place or position. So when I say like, I'm here, like if I ask you, are you here? You go here, present, that's what here means. Here is also an introduction. So what does that mean? When you, somebody says, uh, here, I wanna give you some money. Here you go. Here it is. I didn't see anybody get up because I, I might've reached in my pocket. Here we grow isn't just a statement, but it's an invitation to be chastised, challenged, and changed. And not all growth is good growth. Can I get an amen? Yeah. yeah. Not all growth is good growth, such as the kind of growth that keeps you from fitting your pants. Yes. Not all growth is good growth. There's some growth also that we get that there might be like a growth in our body like a tumor. That's not the growth we growth I'm talking about. When I say growth, I mean maturity. Maduro. 1 Corinthians 13.11 says this. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things behind me. Can, let me just, just bring this. When I was a child, let's, let's talk about this. Paul was talking to the church of Corinth. And when he's talking to the church of Corinth, all these guys are sitting there. He's, he's like, look, let me try to help you guys out. You guys have been saved for a long time. He says, let me use myself as an example. When I was a child, when I was little, uh, when, when my, my granddaughter, Mariah, when she's young, she acts like a child. She, she behaves like a child. 
Come on, you guys. She thinks like a child. But eventually, my granddaughter to start growing up. But what we're having right now in this time and age in the church, and the same thing in Corinth, was we got a whole bunch of Christians that are refusing to grow. Come on. Some of y'all right now are talking about, man, not just in church, because I know a few people that are 50 years old and acting like 20. We have to learn how to put childish things behind us. So here we grow. So our leadership here at the Building Christian Fellowship decided that this Sunday to, yes. We decided today so, uh, for you guys to see what capacities we could serve God by serving his church. Serve God by serving his church. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay some things on you today that you probably never even thought of. And hopefully afterwards, it's going to change our lives. Amen. Now, when I say his church, I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about um, universally. I'm talking about locally. There is a universal church. That means all the churches. But what I'm talking about is locally. I'm talking about the church right here, the local church. Universally, universally you're a light. But locally, you're a minister. Come on. Some, some of us in here, from our backgrounds, you, you, uh, the word minister is something that you desire to get. That position as minister, you guys know, like, I'm minister John Butcher. I'm minister. No, no. The word minister really breaks down to servant. So locally, when you're at your local church, you need to be a servant. You're a minister. Many people think that they fulfill their ministry at their jobs. That is not true. Your job is something you get paid for. Your ministry is something you do even if you don't get paid. If you leave a job, I'm trying to figure out how I should say this without offending people. How can I say this? I believe that Jesus, I believe the word says, basically, you know, that your people will run off from church because they're hirelings. You know, right now, the dilemma that's going on in church, local churches, is you got musicians, you got teachers, you got whatever. They are only doing the job because they're getting paid. So let me ask you this. If you're doing it to get paid, are you a servant or are you just at your job? You're a hireling. But if you're here to serve, it's not about the money that's getting paid because my treasures are stored up in heaven. Oh, man. Now, well, you may pray and win folks over to the Lord at your job. You would have never seen these people if you weren't getting paid to be there. But you are filling the scripture when the scripture says this in Matthew chapter 5 and 16. It says this, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works that glorify your father in heaven. Yes, 
when you're at work, yes, when you're at the parks, yes, when you're at the grocery store, yes, wherever you're at, it doesn't matter. You need to be a light when you're outside of church. Let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works. It says, let your light so shine before men. What is he talking about here? He's not talking, he's talking about men outside the church. Just as a side note, I'm going to make a quick detour real quick, all right? I'm making a right on sunset, <laughs> then another right on Pintel. I'm going to go down there, and then I'll make another right on Emperor, and then I'll be back on Highway 12, but I'm making a detour. I know, I'm, I'm going there. I, I think I, I, I may have lost where I was at just now. I got <laughs> Random. When, when you're, listen, you guys, when you are, when you're a light, when you're out and you're being a light, you're going out and you're telling people about Jesus. They see you. They see what's going on. You minister to people. But, but what ends up happening sometimes, people, how many of us here right now don't have any lights in our lives? What light will hide itself under a lampshade? You are a city on a hill. You got to have light. Listen, how many people, and, and, and some of you guys, maybe you didn't join the growth group to follow me, but let me just ask you something. I'm, don't raise your hand, please. But how many people in here have been saved and have never went out and witnessed anybody? Just in your heart of hearts, you're just walking by. And I'm not talking about somebody that's laying on the street and the, those people, yeah, I understand, they're fine. But what about your own job? You have a sphere of influence that's around you. God put people in your lives specifically for you to minister to. (laughs) But you want to go out and do something? No. There are people that God placed in your life at your school, young people. You need to be ministering to people at at, at school, on your football team, on your volleyball team, whatever. You need to be the light. You're at work, and everybody, dude, I mean, people talk about whatever at work, but what are you talking about? Okay, I'm making a left back on the Highway 12. (laughs) Now, when we serve locally, it means we're serving directly in the house of God. This is the local church. Hebrews chapter 6 and 10 says this, For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love which you have shown towards his name and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Do you see the difference? Outside the church, you're a light. But in the church, you're here to help other people. Do you understand the difference? Because honestly, in church, it should be a bunch of us here that have that are lights together. Do you guys realize that the fires that are burning around here, if one person lights a fire here, one person lights a fire here, you could put that fire out real quickly. But if a bunch of light comes together, you got, you got, a, you got a burning flame. You got a forest fire that's going. So all of us here are bringing our lights together. Some of us, our lights are dim. They're starting to get dim. So we come to church. But see, because we're ministering, to one another, I'm going to let you borrow some of my fire. Come on, y'all. 
I don't know about you, but there might be some people right here, right now, in this moment as I'm speaking, that your, your fire, your flame is burnt out. Church, we are going to minister. And how do we minister to God? How do we get, show God our love? How do we give God the glory, the honor, and the praise? By serving his people. Serving his people. Yes, God so loved the world, but he also loves his church. Some people think, well, some people even think that they serve God by coming to church. Can, can I say that again? Okay, I will. Thank you. Some people think that they serve God by coming to church. No. Coming to church is for you. Serving in the church is for others. <laughs> no, I, I, I need to go to church to get a word today. You could get the word. That's great. But while you're sitting down getting feed, it's like, it's like coming to a table and eating and just leaving. Maybe your brother, just, they don't have a plate. Maybe they don't have a fork or a knife. You're just going to sit there and eat and go, peace out, I'm done. Why don't you turn and serve your brother who doesn't have a plate? Get up and get him a plate. Get him a fork. Get him something to drink. Matter of fact, why don't you feed them first before you eat? <laughs> Let me give you guys an illustration. Do you guys realize that Jesus only served others and not himself? Didn't Jesus say that? He says, look, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve and be a ransom for many. You know what that meant? A ransom is? I'm here to pay for whatever you did. I'm going to pay for it. I'm going to give you an illustration. How do I know this? When Jesus was led up by the Holy Spirit, right after he was, his bad fear came upon him, and, and you know, God said, this is my son whom I'm well pleased, then he was led by, out to the, um, the wilderness to be tempted. That's what the Bible says, right? When he was out there, he was led. Matthew chapter 4, Luke chapter 4, same thing. Just watch this. The first temptation that Jesus had was this. Watch this. If you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. And you guys know the whole thing when Jesus said, he says, well, man should not be, uh, um, thank you, you shouldn't live by bread alone, but by the, by the word of God, right? We know that. But let's go back a little, let's, let's think about this. It says that Jesus was fasting. It also said after 40 days, the devil came to him and began to tempt him after 40 days. Some of you guys, you, you, you guys know that after four hours, you're already making a cheese sandwich. <laughs> 40 days. And then the devil, something, once again, it's only three hours and the devil's coming to tempt you because you guys get hangry. But Jesus, filled with the power, he had... He had the ability to not just turn bread or stones into bread. He could have turned dust into water. He had the power to do it. He had the gifting to do it, but he didn't use it for himself. Even though he hungered, he did not use the gift that was in him for himself. Is somebody catching this yet? 
He didn't use the power that was given him. It says Jesus being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit was led into the wilderness. That is us, saints. God has given us the power of the Holy Ghost to go out in the wilderness. Jesus didn't just use his gifting for himself. He used his gifting for other people. All through the Bible, when it talks about Jesus, Jesus used his gifting. He used his, his serving, his gifting for healing. How do I know? Because the gift that he had in him, he had a gift of healing. It was a, a gift by the Spirit of God. Well, how did he know? Because he healed the leopards. He touched them. He told, he told them, just keep walking, keep going. And as they were walking, they were healed. He used his gifting for other people. He used his gifting of wisdom. When he taught in the temple, when he was young, everybody's like, what manner of man is this that he speaks with such wisdom? It was a gift. He wasn't sitting there preaching for himself. He was preaching that other people could hear. He also used his gifting of the word of knowledge. When he was standing at the well, the, the well with the woman at the well, because remember, she told he, he told her about him, herself. It was a word of knowledge. He, how, how else did he know? He goes, um, where's your husband? He says, no, you, you, you ain't got a husband. He says, you got five husbands. The one you with now ain't your husband either. He used his gift to prophesy. When he told the Sanhedrin, if you tear this temple down today, I will raise this temple up in three days. He used that prophetic gift that was in him. He didn't use it for himself. He used it for people around him. Jesus uses gifting his power to serve others. How are you serving others? That's a question. What is inside of you that other people need? The body is not complete without your gift. So here are five reasons, five reasons. You guys get ready. Those of you who are note takers, I'm going to give you five reasons why we grow here. Number one, we grow here because it helps us to become selfless and to follow in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. Luke 9 and 23 says this, Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. First of all, you guys, you got to have a desire to want to follow Jesus. Yeah. You, just, you just got to have a desire. You got to, you know, I want to, some people just say, you know, I want to know about Jesus but do you have a desire to follow him? There's a difference. Some, some people in here are like, I desire to have a brand new house. I desire to be married. I desire to get a, a college degree. I desire this, I desire that. So you, you change that word desire, that's just like a want. If you desire, your desire is going to move you to where you want to be, get to. When you, when you serve others, you become Christ-like or Christian. If you're not serving others, you're not a Christian. 
how could you say that, Pastor? I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe, okay, well, Jesus said, watch this, I did not come to be served. When you sit in the chairs and you're not serving, you're coming here to allow us to serve you, but you're not allowing them. Jesus said, I came to serve you. Not to, I, didn't ask, I didn't come to be served. You guys understanding this? Jesus Christ. Jesus the Christ. So he is the Christ. Christ came to serve, not be served. And if you're going to be like Jesus Christ, then you need to be like a Christian. And if you're going to be like Jesus Christ, then you need to serve others. If you ain't doing what Jesus did, then you ain't a Christian. If you ain't serving, you ain't saved. Think about it. Every person in the Bible that followed Jesus had to pick up his cross. Number two, God commands that we serve one another. Mark 9 and 35, and he sat down and called the 12 and said to them, if any man desires to be first, the same shall be last of all and the servant of a few people. I'm glad somebody's reading. He said, if you want, he says, the same shall be last of all and the servant of all. Some of these things are just, just too plain. It's just too plain. It doesn't take a, a, a degree in, in, in ministry. It doesn't take a doctorate to understand the theology of the Bible and everything else. But at the end of the day, it's so clear. When Jesus said, I sat them down, I called the 12 and said to them, if any man desires to be first, the same shall be last of all and the servant of all. Who are you serving? Number three, it makes the church function as a healthy body. When we grow, it makes the church function as a healthy body. Romans 12 and 4 through 5. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one member one of another. And I love how Paul right here in Romans talks about the body. He uses the illustration of the body, and he's talking about locally. That right now we have many members in this church, but not all members have the same office, but yet all of them have a function. Amen. So when, when, when there's a part of your body, and, and I'm, I said this a couple weeks ago, when there's a part of your body that isn't working, maybe because you had a stroke. Because there was an issue with blood flow. Mm-mm. Somebody got it. You had a blood flow. And because the blood flow wasn't flowing to the head, head of the church, Christ, 
that part of the body's not working. So then the part of the body that is working has to do more. So that part of the body that is working and working more has to take a Sunday off because the musicians have to play every, every weekend, every weekend. Because the teachers have to shut down classrooms because, you know, they've been really tired. It, it gets, it gets kind of tiring with my, my good leg to drag my bad leg. Are you guys, is somebody hearing me? I, I, I know some people that I hear that are, are saying, like Ty Lynn saying, yes, pray, just, just say, say it, pastor. <laughs> Tira's looking at me like, oh, come on, somebody. Preach it. Throw your shoe at me or something. You guys hearing me? Nobody wants to drag a body part that's not doing its share. Why am I standing up here with this, this holy fire indignation right now? Why? Because God wants his church to be fitly joined together. He wants his church to be together whole. Nothing missing, nothing broken. He says, I'm going to present my wife to himself without spot or wrinkle. His church. His church. God doesn't want his wife to be an immature. Here we grow. Sometimes growing requires growth pains. Ephesians 4 and 16, from whom the whole body is fitly joined together and compacted by which each and every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the same measure of every part makes increase. That's growth. Increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. If you really love God, you'll really love his people. If you really want to serve God, you will serve his people. And I shouldn't have to ask you to do it. Let's just be honest. Are you... I didn't even mean to go down here and feel this way, but I feel this way right now. I, my, I, what bothers me in my household is when my kids don't do their chores. Come on, parents. Hallelujah. Why? Because they need to do their fair share in the house. And I shouldn't have to tell them what to do. Because I supply them with everything that they need. I supply them with clothes and shelter and wisdom. I supply them with everything, everything they need. They go without nothing. Everything according to life and godliness. But when they don't do their chores, it bothers me. It's like, just get... All I'm asking you to do is your part. I'm talking to some parents out here right now. Y'all know. You know. Like, Lord Jesus, yes. Get all them kids up to the altar right now. We're just going to slang oil on all of them. So funny. 
Number four, this is how we grow. It's the only way to, to discover our gifts. It's the only way. It's the only way to discover our gifts that is in us. How many people like gifts? Okay, a couple people. Who didn't raise their hand? Who, who, who doesn't like gifts? If I was to reach in my pocket and pull out $100 right now, So now that I'm a, a, why to do that? Let me ask you something. Christmas morning, Christmas morning, you get up, you're excited because you see the gifts. You see the gifts. You're excited about the gifts, aren't you? How many people are excited about gifts? You guys excited? You get excited on Christmas. I had a gift in a long time. I mean, think about the that you did get a gift. I, I don't know. But think about how excited you were. Gift, beautiful box, bows wrapped around it. You know what you guys don't realize? That what you're looking at, all wrapped up and pretty, isn't the gift. The gift isn't what's on the outside and how beautiful it is. It's what's on the inside that counts. And the only way to get to the gift is to do work. You got to do work to take off the outside. So do you realize that work, it takes work to take off the flesh. I mean, um, to, you got to tear that stuff off to get to the gift. It takes work. It takes ministry. So you got to tear, you got to work to get to the gift that's inside of that box. God has given us all a gift empowered by the Holy Ghost. And if you're just walking around looking beautiful on the outside, your gift, nobody's ever going to know what it is. Don't make me go to, down another sunset and make another. I'm at Walter's Road right now. Because some of y'all in here are looking at people that are empty boxes, beautiful on the outside, but some, some, some of you single people out here, so looking at people that are dressed up boxes. You better understand what's on the inside of that is cold. It's cold. Oh, oh. I did all this work and find out there's nothing in you. You better make sure they got the Holy Ghost in them. As long as they got the Holy Ghost in there, there's help. I'm trying to tell you. Don't, don't get me started. I was, talking with a, a, I was talking to a guy the other day. We were sitting there talking. I was like, look, man, when you think about marriage, everything's great. And then after you, you married, all of a sudden, the only thing that you got left in your marriage is we both love Jesus. But at least I got hope. But if you... Or with somebody that ain't got Jesus, there ain't no hope. You just broke. You guys hear me? Yes. 
I'm back. Okay, I'm on Walter's Road now. We're, we're, we're almost home. We're almost home. Number five. How do we grow here? We grow here by getting connected. Getting connected. That's what we say. Here we grow. We get connected. Right now, honestly, I hate cliches, church cliches. You can go on every website from a church, and they all say the same thing. How, get connected. Get connected. Get connected. Get connected. But you know what? We covet relationships here. You guys hear me? Like, seriously. We covet relationships. Not just no unmeaningful, hello, praise God, church hug, and we don't see each other. I'm talking about people here literally call people. They go out on lunch dates. They come to the house. They bring their kids. We do church outside of church. And yes, we are, listen, the church isn't always in the building. Because you guys, we go home and we have life groups or we we have um, growth groups and we go to have growth groups. We're doing church in our homes. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we have a growth group every day of the week. Some of you guys need to be in maybe two or three of them. Some of y'all might not miss, don't miss any of them. Just sign up all of them. Why? Because we get connected. Because when we're connected, we're a body, fitly, joined together. Do you, do you know, honestly, so, so when I work out sometimes, I may work out too hard, and my hand is fine, but my shoulder's not doing too well. And my head will tell my hand to go help my shoulder. There's times that the head will tell a hand to help the shoulder. What am I saying? Sometimes the head, Jesus Christ, will, will speak to you. You're the hand and says, you know what? Call sister so-and-so. Call brother so-and-so. Let me be clear with you on this, okay? If, if God's telling you, and, and, and I know there are instances, but if God's telling a man to call another man, I, I agree. But most of the time, don't them other women Men or women calling other men saying, well, you know, God told me. <laughs> or if there's something you got to say as a man. See, I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place today, but I'm, I'm just trying to give you some, I'm trying to give you all some wisdom. Maybe the word, maybe, maybe God, as a pastor, maybe there's a word that I might have to give a woman over the phone but you best believe my wife is right there with me. You guys understand that? Because there's boundaries. But once again, God will allow a member to go help another member out. Why? Because they're connected. They get together. It's like, uh, what does the hand do? Call, hey, how you doing today? You know what? Let's go for lunch. Let's go for coffee. And the Spirit of the Lord, which says where two or three are gathered in his name, he'll be in the midst. And when he's in the midst, all of a sudden, prophecy, words of knowledge, words of wisdom start happening. And the funny part about it is usually when you don't know that you're doing it. You're just saying something. Somebody start, all of a sudden just start crying. Like, how did you know? Like, know what? I didn't know my shoulder was sore until I started 
rubbing it. We got to get connected. We got to stay connected. We have so many opportunities here at the Building Christian Fellowship. We have the Ministry of Helps. We have, we have the ushers, the security guard, kingdom kids, elevate. We need more people to elevate to help. The media, the sound, the worship team, young Latino men, Hispanic men that play the guitar and have a great voice. I just want to put that out there. I know somebody that plays the guitar. There's so many ministries that we could be a part of. And some people right now are going, but pastor, how do I know about the gift that's inside me? I've never really used my gift. You know what? If you guys would go to the app, you can go on the app and on the app, you can go and you could sign up for growth track. And when you do growth track, growth track is not for just new members. It's for everybody. Even right now, there's people in here that are serving and they're doing, they're doing a good job, but maybe they didn't realize that there's more to them in their gifting. And you have to make sure you, you, you get a part of the growth track, be a part of the growth track. And as I close, Sister Atira, praise the Lord. <laughs> Can you bring, I, I want to be in a C sharp when I finish, please. I don't even know what a C-sharp is. <laughs> Listen, the key word in discipleship is denying yourself. We live in a culture that is all about self, protecting yourself, promoting yourself, preserving yourself, pampering yourself, comforting yourself, entertaining yourself, and taking care of yourself. The Bible says, crucify yourself. Discipleship isn't about the comfort and concern of yourself. It's about the concern and growth of others. Praise God. Philippians 2 and 3, and I'm going to finish here. Be free from pride, field opinions, for they will only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts. Be authentic. Humility puts others first. And view others as more important than yourself. That's what serving is about. Saints, as any, any person gets older and starts to grow from a baby to a child, there's always signs of maturity. Always there's a sign of maturity. Growth should always be obvious. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be the same today as I was yesterday. And tomorrow, I don't want to be the same as I am today. Do you guys hear me? I want to grow every day to the fullness of Jesus Christ. That's where I'm at. So I serve people. I serve people in the capacity of a pastor. Does that mean just because I'm a pastor, I'm bigger than anybody else? No. All the parts of the body are needed. So saints, are you guys ready to grow? Well, here we grow.
Amen? Amen. Stand to your feet. Amen. Praise God. Before we pray, I just want to, um, if you guys be in prayer with the family, the Building Christian family and the Contreras family, um, Brother Freddie Contreras is in the hospital, and uh, we covered your prayers. We don't need your well-fit thoughts and wishes. You understand what I'm saying? We covet your prayers. We ask that when you think about Brother Freddie right now, that you will go boldly before the throne room of grace to obtain mercy and grace in a time of need for our brethren. He needs the word of God to be sent to him right now. So I thank you for that. <laughs> and right now as I'm talking, I just got a text from Liz saying that Fred's oxygen is going up in his body right now as, as he's speaking. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Saints, at this, at this moment, the altars are open. I'm going to pray, but if there's something that's on your heart, you heard the word of the God. And if you've been pricked in your heart, just come to the altar and solidify it with, with your confession in your mouth. The altars are open. I'm going to pray. Please, please, can you guys please be mindful of those that are up before the Lord? Amen? So pray with me. Heavenly Father, I just thank you right now. I thank you for your word. Lord, we will take this word that we heard today and we'll hide it in our hearts that we might not sin against you. Lord, we thank you that you have already gone before us to make the crooked path straight. Lord, we thank you right now that we acknowledge you. Lord, we thank you um, that we send the word to all that are sick right now. You said that you would watch after your word to perform it. And we know, Lord, that your word is a seed and that your, that word will grow and bear much fruit. So I thank you for that right now. God, we thank you for our brother, Freddie. We, we thank you. We, we lift up his name right now, Lord. We thank you for this supernatural healing that is happening in his body. I thank you that it's a testimony of your goodness, of your grace. God, I thank you right now that even through all this, that his, his faith will grow higher and stronger. As you have said in your word, that he shall grow from faith to faith, from strength to strength. So we thank you for that right now. Lord, help us be like you, to be servants, to serve you by serving your people. Lord, we thank you so much for all that you're doing. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We bless you. In the mighty, magnificent, and matchless name of Jesus, we pray. The church said amen. Amen and amen. God bless you. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. 
That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.